You're listening to the Crew Talk Podcast, a conversation about chasing growth. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Crew Talk. This is season two. This is our first episode of 2021, and we got a special guest. He's infamous, he's from Chicago, and he's one of my homeboys from, yeah, Marquise Peggs. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Let the, the crew know a little bit more about you, what you got going right now. All right, for sure. It's like my man said, my name Marquise. Uh, we met at Yale like six years ago. We were a little old now. Yeah, uh, veterans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm from Chicago, South Side, East Side for all those real Chicagoans out there who know what's up. Yes, sir. You feel me? Um, and right now, basically, I own a nonprofit that is focused on providing mental health resources to children in communities who don't have access to those resources. So first place of implementation, obviously, is you know, my hometown, but I'm picking that up once it gets solidified and taking it to other cities that, that pretty much need it. That's powerful. I definitely want to get into that, but it was a process yeah, that got you there. Uh, so like, like we said, we made that Yale. I'm just gonna mm. hit you with a, a charge question already. <laughs> uh, like a lot of people say that black men they code switch they they change when they get around other people the question is do you feel like Yale changed you and if so do you think it was for good or for bad uh, that's a great question Yale did change me and now it wasn't for the it wasn't for the worse it was for the better and I'm going to kind of explain the process of why change isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? right? Uh, so it's this, it's this saying that Cam Newton actually has, right? Um, oh, Newton. <laughs> right. Um, exposure is expansion, right? And so at Yale, I got exposed to a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different people. And it, it shaped my way of thinking and my perception of stuff. Because um, coming from the inner city of Chicago, you know, I, I had a typical inner city mindset, mm-hmm. you know? Um, whereas at Yale, so many people from so many different walks of life. And in a sense, I had to break down my barriers and, and eradicate like my judgments and perceptions about people and be open to them and their stories and, you know, listen to them um, and observe their lifestyle. So I do think, you know, it changed me for the better. However, in like the most basic sense, like the core of me is still the same. So I don't necessarily code switch. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, me and you talking, obviously I would walk into a business meeting and talk differently than that. Right. But my demeanor, my attitude is pretty much still going to be the same. I feel that. I, the, I, I chose Chase Growth as the motto of Vibes Crew just because I felt like that's that's like a a lifestyle I kind of developed from Yale. Just like how you said, we met so many different people. And I felt mm. that if I left Yale, the same person, I didn't grow from that, I would have wasted four years. So right. like Chase Growth to me, it means like becoming a better person expanding my perspective, experiencing new things, and just like each day, maybe not each day, but like progressively becoming someone I want to be that can like inspire other people. 
Yeah, no, that's facts. I agree with that. That last thing that you said, that's super important for people to hear. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like like having like conversations like this between me and you, even though like mm. a lot of people might not see it, but the people who do see it, they'll like take something from this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What what's a, a moment at Yale, like an experience that you had that the person pre Yale would have been like, uh, but the person post Yale was like, I enjoy that experience. Uh <laughs> I know yeah. that's much. Something PG for the for the, uh, for the family. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, so me and Tim, Tim and I, we have another good friend whose name is Daniel James, right? Well, yeah, they and definitely so, know Daniel. <laughs> all right, so y'all, y'all know Daniel. And you know, Daniel network was was a little bit larger than mine. Right. Uh, but just since we were so close, you know, I would meet people who he in a sense had access to that I didn't originally, right? Mm -hmm. And so this was, I think this was our senior week. And we went to um, this like honey tasting event. I remember the story. <laughs> right. And now, man, we walk in and we like are the only melanated guys and like people in the room. So we walk into this party because then you telling me it's a party the whole time. Uh-huh. And we all walk in and I just started laughing because I'm like, bro, what you done got us in? Um, but like originally, right, Marquise pre-year would be like, nah, I'm not rocking with this, right? right. But Marquise post-year was like, yeah, I know it's some genuine people in here. Like, let me let me go socialize. Like, let me go talk to these people. Uh -huh. And uh, I did end up meeting like some real, real cool cool people I actually still keep in contact with to this day. And we literally met the at, last week at, you know? <laughs> at a honey party. At a honey party, bro. That's hilarious. What, um, yeah. what do you feel like a trait that you develop like in your like growth since leaving college? Like what's like something that you're proud of to say like, I've become this or like I now value this? Mm -hmm. Okay, so to all the followers out there, I'm gonna give y'all a little insight uh, about me. Uh -huh. So, let's hear it. yeah, uh, when it comes to like school and academics, I was never the one to like you know study like that or um, not be prepared because my my academics like my grades are always good because I ha I have great memory right, but I didn't like you know. I didn't do the recommended readings. I didn't, you know, do none of that. Hold, um, stop right there. The the recommended readings, you don't need to do those. I'm in med school right now. We have thousands of pages, and I have yet to open a textbook, and I think I'm okay. Yeah, like I was just, uh, I was just in a straight finesse, and like my guys back from Chicago. I mean, Tim, you can even attest to this. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see me with no books. I don't buy no textbooks. Zero. And you probably you gonna see me with like one notebook, and that's for all my class, right? <laughs> <laughs> like real this talk. Is, this is all facts. <laughs> and so, it wasn't until after I graduated where I, I kind of found a a passion for like researching things. Mm -hmm. Um, like I can say that I honestly have learned more since college, like post college, than I did my four years at Yale and that's not to knock my university of course but it like my mindset just changed yeah 
right? And I, I started to um, see that like things weren't as they seem. And so I kind of like went down this rabbit hole of research and stuff, whether it was about, you know, like health, um, government stuff, you know, nonprofit things. So me reading and researching things was a, a major development post-grad for me. Yeah. I feel like, I remember some of the conversations we just have in the group message or like a very enlightening because like I, I really don't have the free time like that because every yeah. second I'm like, what's this medical device? Or like, what's that kind <laughs> yeah, of right. But yeah, so like, let's just talk about some of the stuff that you, like your interests, things that you're researching mm. now. Because I mean, I, I'm, I've been enlightened by some of it, so might as well share it to more people. Okay, yeah. So um, I'll start off with some real basic, right? Mm. Just to put some things into context for people without going like too deep. This, this something so that, one that, of the things like this something that we already talked about, or this this something new. Uh, some of the things you talked about a little bit more advanced than this. Like this All is right. some real basic. Just I want uh, my, my mind blown a little bit. Okay, okay, yeah. Just, just this is a think piece for people, right? Mm -hmm. So, in school, you taught that an atom is a ball with little other balls revolving around it, right? Right. You got the nucleus and you got the electrons, right? Mm -hmm. uh, however, real scientists know that's not what an atom is. Correct. Right. Yeah. Now, when you get to the core principles of it, and I'm going to tie all these things together, like when I'm done with this, right? We see that science tells us that an atom is 99.999% energy, mm -hmm. right? So in a sense, it's nothing. However, the thing that makes uh, the electron pop up on the atom, and I'm going to get to that. Is the observer where you anticipate or where you expect that electron to be. It's called the observer effect. So the electron can either be in a wave, which is non-existent, right? It's just pure energy. Right. Or it can be in a particle, which is the physical, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that 0.0001% that they say is matter, They only the only reason for them saying that it's matter is because you can touch your desk right in front of you. Right. That's the only reason that they attribute that very, very, very small percentage as to being something physical. So when you get into like quantum physics, you see that essentially like the guy who pioneered quantum physics literally admits that matter doesn't exist. Like physicality is an illusion, right? I'm, and I'm, I'm clipping all these. These are these these are gems. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> physicality is an illusion. So, and once you understand the observer effect, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially, the atom does what you anticipated on doing. But if everything is made of atoms, then what does that say about your ability to affect? your outcome your lifestyle the reality that you want to live you get what i'm saying so <laughs> yeah so yeah, one of the things that i um and, and like what people have done they've done a good job separating spirituality and science right 
when in its most core sense, spirituality is the highest science. However, our material science just hadn't caught up to the mm. concepts that they were using until recently. Right. Right. And now we not even in a calling it bridging the gap because they've always been the same. We've just like become. Yeah. Right. We just catching up to it. Right. Right. And so. Um, a lot of issues that I have is they've known that that model of the atom is extremely outdated they've known that for decades but yet why do they still teach that in school so i, I was listening to a podcast either today or yesterday and basically the guy he has a huge fundamental issue with like the education system and mm -hmm. for the most part his main point was that the education system that we are all like a are all part of right now was developed during the industrialization era which is to basically like mm. teach kids a skill, pump them out, send them to work. But that's, yes. not, that's not the life we live in anymore. It's not the society yes. we have anymore. So it's like education is stuck in a generation that the people have like trans transcended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Like completely agree with you on that. And so what people will see, like within these, you know, upcoming years, because the development of everything is, it's happening fast, right? Yeah. You're going to start to see it. What'd you say? It's exponential. Right, exactly. So we are going to start to see changes happening within the system because people are going to see things that they didn't think was possible mm -hmm. by the standards of modern day science. Right. So I know you said that sometimes you find out things like regarding like the government and stuff like that. The mm. current event right now is cryptocurrency and the whole like fad behind that is decentralized currency. Which yeah. You, you you into that, you just watching what you think about that right now. Uh so I do I believe in it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's gonna happen how people expect it to be. I right. think essentially it's gonna be a fusion of the two systems that's already in place, right? right. With, you know, basically how you have like uh, governmental, like government money, and then essentially like what Bitcoin was put on the scene, you know, oh, skip the banks, you know, you have the power, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of going to be a merge of that. And like, because you do have to be careful, right? Obviously, it's people out here that will take advantage <laughs> of people. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you kind of do need some regulations however our government has too much power they also take advantage of people mm -hmm. you know um so I, I do think eventually we'll be a fine point in between where that is the best case scenario for everyone mm -hmm. i also i'm definitely not a crypto expert but mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people look at it so okay i'm going to put all my money to this and it's going to get to this level and I'm going to take it out and I'm going to have a lot mm. of money. But the whole purpose of it is to, <laughs> the whole purpose of it is to like replace something. So like people yeah. think that they're going to cash out on something. I think they kind of got it mixed up. So it's, it's, it's definitely an intricate system that. Yeah, no. Attention it, to. It for sure is. And um, like, again, right. You do have to do your due diligence before you engage in anything. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful about uh, 
things like that. Because like I said, right, it's some it's some people who know people doing that. And so they will, you know, I am into a lot of like um like stocks and like crypto and stuff like that. And I know that that world isn't what people think. Right. <laughs> like similar to everything. Like people think it's heavily regulated. Like, no, they they it's decentralized. You, That's the whole the whole like stick of it. It's like it's not controlled by anybody. <laughs> right. So you better be careful what you get into. Yeah. End up like what's it called? The um that whole housing market crisis when people were like killing themselves and like everyone's life was going to shambles because they thought something was happening. And then when they looked up, everybody's money was gone. So have you watched the movie The Big Short? I watched it passively. So like I didn't pay attention, but I would like look up. So like if you say something, I might remember it. Okay, okay. That for everybody watching this, watch the big short. Mm-hmm. And you gonna see what I'm talking about. When especially like with this whole government thing and they taking advantage of people and they not really like, you know, on your side, watch the big short. I feel that. Let's let's talk about um your nonprofit. Let's how did you get yeah. into that? What was the so last last time we hung out on a consistent basis, me and you were teammates. And now we yeah. friends miles apart and you are in a nonprofit now. So like let's yeah. start in the blank. Okay. Uh so basically what made me start it, like I said, um I'm from a community where one mental health has a stigma and two, the access to the resources literally is non-existent. Right. Right. And so I've seen throughout the years, essentially like my community cry out for this help that they just weren't able to receive. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? I would say, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and so obviously, you know, coming out of college, people thought processes, oh, like, let me make a lot of money like let me become super rich like let me start a career and mine was i know that i'm in a unique position where i can exist at yale but i can also exist on 79th street in chicago right right? so let me fuse both of those worlds that i coexist in to help the one that obviously needs help because the other, you know, isn't necessarily paying attention to to those needs. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's why I got into it. I feel you. What um what's a what's an obstacle? I mean obviously like funding and like regulations, things like that, but like what's an obstacle that you think um is gonna play like a huge part in getting this to be more or less like recognized by people like so like, okay, this is something important that we all need to focus on. Mm-hmm. I do think so. Like mental health is 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 um a growing topic of interest nowadays, right? Uh, so you know, people will be behind that and behind that movement. However, since it is a nonprofit, then like one of the major obstacles is funding, right? Um, especially because you know, then this this is just like a like a trick, like a hustling trick, right? You know, people who on the streets trying to get money, like begging for money, they put money in a cup already. 
And once people see his money in the cup already, they are more likely to put money in the cup. Right. Right. So right. it's literally me getting those first few dollars in the cup and then the rest roll in. I feel that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm, I am I feel like all of our friends, maybe not all of them, but like a lot of the people we hung out with left Yale and did things that weren't like traditional, you know what I mean? Or mm. just like stand out in their own sector. Mm. And I feel like that's just like a testament to like the people that we became at Yale. Because like we could have easily went there and just been friends with football players, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a disservice to, to the Travises and the Tune Days and like, you know, our people like that. Right. Yeah. I, I will say one of my favorite things about Yale is definitely the people <laughs> like uh, amazing people like uh, across the board. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for the most part, they got, you know, they got their yeah, they got they... <laughs> people, but for the most part, like I, I get what you're saying. It's like a, it's like yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let, let's. Let's dive back into the to the to the brain teasers, you know, the, right, the right. mind bending stuff. I, you, right. you, you got gems for us. I know you do. What you, you say that last said, part? I know you got gems for us. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get y'all another one. And then, mm-hmm. this, this one for you, Tim. I'm gonna get for those for those male students out there. I'm gonna oh. give y'all. Bro, hold on. Let me, I got I got a test on Monday. Don't don't mess me up to I don't want to take the test. I mean. Look, um, <laughs> can't shoot the messenger. You feel me? It's just one of those. I got you. I'm gonna tell y'all about this guy for y'all to like look up, right? Mm-hmm. Now his not his name is Dr. Jerry Tennant. Okay. Okay. Now he was literally one of the top ophthalmologists in the world. Like this guy was one of the developers for the lens for cataracts, the LASIK eye surgery, uh, like top notch. And so, and I'm gonna I'm condense this, right? Cause I want y'all to do the research on it. And uh, you all will see Tim, I actually, I think I sent you YouTube videos about him, about him talking. If not, I'm gonna send them to you. He's, I just, yeah, if not, he's, a, he's not no like old, old doc. He's a pretty recent guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like, I mean, I'm holding on. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna send you some of his stuff. So, long story short, Dr. Tennant, you know, again, he was one of the leading developers on the laser for the LASIK eye surgery, right? Mm-hmm. He was doing LASIK eye surgery on somebody who had leukemia. They didn't know at the time that the laser didn't sterilize as it was, you know, during the procedure. So the virus went up. Now, for all you coronavirus people out here, y'all, check this out. Obviously, he has on a mask. The virus from the surgery went up through his mask. He inhaled it. Three viruses in his brain. It was only two hours out the entire day where he was coherent. Other than that, he literally couldn't think. So, obviously, he had access to top-notch doctors. One to those doctors, they essentially told him, there's nothing we can do for you, bro. Like... <laughs> Like you got three viruses in your brain, you just you you gonna die. <laughs> That's Definitely. morbid as hell. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know he he wasn't rocking with that. So what he did was in those two hours where he could actually think, 
he started to research and read books about sales. Basically found out that like, you know, although sales may be slightly different, they kind of like similar in like their functionality and what drives them essentially, right? What powers them? Mm-hmm. And he figured out that that is electricity. And so, and uh, again, right, I'm, this is a condensed version. So, you know, make sure y'all, again, everything I tell y'all, do the research on y'all own. Never trust anyone, anything that anybody says, right? right? Question everything that I say. Question everything that anybody else says. Do the research on y'all. Yeah, y'all can trust me. I'm, I'm hosting this thing. I'm, I'm going to keep y'all on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> you can trust Tim because Tim putting real people on that. If y'all want to, I don't know. Um, but essentially, he realized that the body, in a sense, is a machine. It has battery packs, and systems in the body are interconnected. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with your eye, it's not just you have a problem with your eye. You have problems in other areas, right? And so, again, long story short, he realized that basically pH is a measure of the voltage within that liquid, right? And so acids are electron takers, more alkaline liquids are electron givers. And in order for the cell to function properly, it needs to be in the, it needs to be 25 millivolts. And if you damage a cell, you need twice that, which is 50 millivolts in order for it to function properly. And so he started looking at cancer and realized that like, the charge of those systems is extremely low. Even when he, you know, again, on his path to self-healing, he ended up meeting some German guys who were kind of, you know, already did some research on this. Yeah. Got the electricity, the voltage of his brain measured. I think it was like two millivolts, something like extremely, extremely low. Right. Right. Then he realized how um, these systems also go through the teeth. Right. And so if you have a root canal, which is a bad rotten tooth in your mouth that they just fill up, mm-hmm. you need to get that taken out because it's causing a shortage in the circuit. That circuit is losing energy. Mm-hmm. And so once you all like again, I'm going to send him the video so he can uh, tag him. Once you all like see the research and watch those videos, you will see how basically he went from one of the top ophthalmologists to literally being a holistic doctor. Right. And he talks about that whole system of why a lot of this knowledge isn't practice. And essentially it's because it's a money thing, yeah. right? They make money off pharmaceuticals. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And so they will teach some of these things in, in med school, but it's illegal for you to practice them unless you get licensed in a state, which is very few of them, mm-hmm. that allows you to do so. There's a, so, I mean, I, I didn't know this, but there's a difference between an MD and a DO and mm. it's like two different degrees you can get, but they're both med schools and DOs are more geared towards um, allopathic medicine. It's not holistic, but it's more so what lifestyle thing. I'm, I could be wrong, but it's more so like what lifestyle things can you do to prevent you from having to come to the doctor? Right. And that's kind of like in the same, you know, yeah, um, in the same boat. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because people are, you know, they, we misinformed about a lot of things. Right. Um, you know, just another quick one. Like people think vitamin D is a vitamin. Vitamin D is a hormone that controls 5%. That's, that's the lecture I was working on today. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. 
So vitamin D literally controls 5% of the expression of the human genome. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Yep. All right. And literally the way that you get vitamin D is through direct contact with the sun. Yep. All right. But then, you know, get pe- people not doing that. Same so it's, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, stuff like, and then, you know, obviously, with the pandemic and the coronavirus going on, if you look at the studies of vitamin D and the patients who, you know, got coronavirus pretty bad, they vitamin they vitamin D levels were extremely low. Right. Right. But that's not something that is publicized, like, oh, go get vitamin D. Like go outside and lay in the sun. Mm-hmm. Like absorb, especially for people who have a lot of melanin. All right. Cause melanin essentially your body synthesizes the vitamin D through the UV radiation, right? But people with a lot of melanin, you know, your literally your melanin protects you against that. Yep. So you have to be outside longer. That's why melanated people are way more vitamin D deficient than Caucasian people. Yep. Very true. What, um, not what, but I mean, obviously you're very passionate about the holistic thing. And we, we all know what happened in college, like how they pump us up with supplements, things yeah. like that. But like transitioning from college to the real world, what was a holistic lifestyle change that you made that you like would recommend to someone to start doing today? Exercising. Um, now, I will. This is one of the things that I, I did because, you know, obviously we were exercising in college. Right. Right. But one of the things that I definitely improved on and paid attention more to was the diet mm-hmm. um especially because none of us none of us eat enough fruit and vegetables that we as we supposed to sure. um so you know i kind of got big on juicing because i knew i needed to like up that intake um but you know it's a lot of like natural herbs and like a lot of like natural like mushrooms um like health wise, top notch. Even for athletes out there, right? Go get you some goji berries that naturally induces HGH, which is mm-hmm. human growth hormone. That's extremely yeah. vital for sports. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like people are very, I don't know what the word, hard headed, I guess, but I feel like people are very um against the fact that the stuff that we are learning might not be true. You know what I mean? People are very yeah. prone to groupthink and mass thought. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I appreciate you saying, like, make sure y'all check what I say. Because like, I feel like when <laughs> someone says that, they're more or less telling the truth because they're willing to, like, let the facts speak for themselves. So, right. I think that's definitely nah, a, great, a great point to end off on, just, like, making sure that everyone, like, just be open, grow as a person, learn as much as you can, don't accept one source. And um, mm. yeah, just just be open to learning. Definitely. And I appreciate you for having me on, my guy. Most definitely, brother. This is good. We definitely got to do another one. Oh, uh, yeah. Anytime. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. That was Crew Talk Season 2, Episode 1. We'll catch y'all in the next one.